0: Yeah. Good evening everyone, thank you for coming. Um, Rabbi Moshe Taub is now the brother of the young Israel Pahalaz but his connection to St. Louis um, is getting more and more as I speak to more people. I had the privilege of spending three summers in the town home in Buffalo as part of a SEED program and just to chill um, in Buffalo with Rabbi Taub and his family was MSA. <laughs> That was a, um, a pleasure over there as well. John Pruchter and Monty Mazur and some others who used to live in Buffalo were co- congregants of Rabbi I hear now that um, there Rabbi Tau's father, Rabbi Borrow Tau from NTSY had a connection to Rabbi Muser and was actually in the silent condition at Bernie Boisela's Asana, had a connection to Ratham Graf. So basically, um, we are all connected in more ways than we can imagine. Now Rabbi Tal, not only is the rabbi on of Halles, but he's also the rabbinic editor-advisor for the Ali magazine. So, we'll have questions and answers um, <laughs> afterwards, not kidding. And he's also the head of the BBK, um, he used to be known as the BBK, the Vahd the Vad Boutique of Buffalo or something like that. So, basically he wears many hats. One more thing. He is the um, English principal at Yeshiva Tal's alumni of Riverdale. So the Shmorgi's board of what has job can tell. You never know what you're going to hear, but one thing is certain that you will be pleased. So without
1: further ado, I'm a Okay, Asha Could you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. I wish there was smell-o-vision. The chum looks very good. So I actually... Um,
0: Your screen now the drop, sorry.
1: Like that? Yep. So I just got back from Miami, literally, like two hours ago. And I was with my family. And I was thinking about, first of all, let me open up by thanking the St. Louis Kailal, the and Ray Berkowitz, Befrat. Uh You're lucky to have him. And you're lucky to have Rabbi Fruchter, the Mazers, and all the people that I know in St. Louis. Um, so I was thinking about what to say. And I realized that I have a story I'm gonna open with about Miami and a trip to Miami. In my uh, Rabbanus, I have have many stories, but I have two stories that nobody believes me when I tell them, and this is one of them. So about 10 years ago, about 10 years ago I was living in uh, Buffalo and my family was much smaller, and we decided to fly to Miami for a week in the winter. Now, it's always a risk leaving Buffalo in January to get on a plane because there's every day a snowstorm. And there was a snowstorm this day, and our plane was delayed seven hours. We finally arrive in the airport, and I was traveling in my hat, tie, and jacket, and I was sweating, and the babies were crying. And we get to Fort Lauderdale International Airport, if you've ever been there. There's a very long walk from the carousel where you pick up your luggage to the um, rental car facility. And I'm running and I'm sweating. And I get there and it's packed. There's literally 200 people in front of me by enterprise renter car. And I'm afraid I'm not going to get my car. So, this is not a, a good story for me. So I'm standing there and there's 200 people in front of me. And within a minute, there's 50 people behind me. And all of a sudden, a guy just buds right in front of me and my wife and he happened to be wearing a yarmulke. And I was so upset at this individual who walked right in front of me, and in my cas, I'm a kohen and I'm a redhead. So I have all the miles. I tap him on the shoulder, and again, this is not a smart thing to say. It's a horrible thing. I said to him, if you make a chilol Hashem like that, maybe consider taking off your yarmulke first. My wife turns beet red. And, you know, an hour goes by, we get our car. And as soon as we get into the car, she elbows me in the ribs and says, you never, ever tell a yid to take off his yarmulke. And I felt so bad. And I felt bad during that vacation. And I felt bad through the spring and into the summer. And come Kippur, I, I didn't know the guy's name. I can't ask him, Mechila, what am I going to do? And for years, for years, this story bothered me. Four years later, we're still living in Buffalo. So the first story must have happened actually looking back now, maybe 14 years ago. So now it's 10 years ago. Four years later, we go back to Miami for vacation, still from Buffalo. The plane is again delayed. This time it's delayed for 12 hours. And the only plane to take off in Buffalo that day was a plane, a JetBlue flight to JFK. And the flight attendant comes over to us and says, you're on this flight. And we said, no, we're going to Miami. No, it's stopping off in JFK and then going to Miami. This is your vessel. So we get on the plane. We've been in the airport for 12 hours. We get on the plane. We fly to JFK. And as you can guess what happens, midnight, you know, everybody, please get off. If this is your connecting flight, stay on the flight. So we stay on the flight. And a family gets on in New York, looks at their ticket, looks at our seat and says, you're in our seat. And the flight attendant comes over to us and says, what are you doing on this plane? You should have never got on this plane. And they throw us off in the middle of the night in New York. And we stay in the airport. And we get on standby 6 a.m. the next morning. It's now 24 hours since we left our house in Buffalo. We arrive in Miami International Airport. I get my luggage from the carousel. I'm still wearing the same hat and jacket, and I'm sweating as I'm running to the rental car facility, and it's again packed. The man standing right in front of me was the man from four years ago. And I tap him on the shoulder and I said, I wanted to say, do you remember me? Before I could finish the word remember, he says, of course I remember you. And I want you to know that I didn't realize that I was in a line. I saw some from people, So I stood next to them as I was going to take out my phone and call my wife. And I was so hurt at what you said to me. So I said to him, you know, I can't believe this is happening. For four years, I sat on this story. Are you Michael me? He says, yes, I'm Michael. About two years ago, the story spans decades, I'm realizing now. About two years ago, I published this story. And I received an email from Rabbi Chaim Malinowitz. Does anybody here know who Rabbi Chaim Malinowitz is? Chaim Elinowitz is the general editor, was the general editor of the Art Scroll Gemaras. Tremendous uh, Tamil Chacham, an Isha Shkelius. Really a, a renaissance man in Torah. Anybody who's opened up an Art Scroll book over the past 20 years has benefited from his Torah. He died several months ago suddenly, seemingly, a big loss to Klal Yisra. And I received an email from him. It's the only course i never met him before. Out of the blue, I received an email and he sends me a chayvus halavavas. He says, "I read your story." And he says, "I want you to know that there's no chiddush in this story. Yeah. That you look at it as a grand story of ashkachah pratse, and no one's going to believe you only because your wife was there. Are people going to believe you?" So the chayvus halavavas in Sharzayin, Shar Tshuva Perak Yud, he goes through the difficulties, the challenges of repenting, of doing tshuva, of really changing ourselves. It's hard, and there are a lot of obstacles. There are monetary obstacles. There are Yitzhahara obstacles. There are Shalom bias obstacles. There are many obstacles that could stop us. Laziness is a popular choice. Ume'ezah <laughs> <laughs> mehem says the Whichever mode of Yitzhahara is stopping you from becoming the better you, <laughs> and Tshuva is being refrained from you, or prevented from you for whichever reasons we just mentioned, Kasha, <speaking in Hebrew> because repentance change is hard. <speaking in Hebrew> if you truly want it, if you accept it upon yourself to become a better person,, <speaking in Hebrew> you know only towards your own ability, within your life and your personal situation, that you do what you can do. Ha'bara bara makol halav tshuvasav. Baruch will show himself and make it easy for you. The ayver lo And he will reveal to you what has always been, been hidden from you. Ve'yasim yasim lo-matzakarav mi-chatoi Hashem will make it easy and bring the tshuva to you. So i you know we've all benefited from the notes in the bottom of the art scroll, especially in Agarita. In his Yedias, he shares this Chayvus Halavavus and says, "There's no khidish. when a person wants to grow. When a person, whether it's in Liman HaTaira, Lashon Hara, whatever mode of Taira, Hashem will really help him." So I want to open with that story because I'll speak about three things. Don't get nervous. That was the first thing. So already a, a third of the way there. Ben Odom La'atzmai, Ben Adam La'chaverai, and Ben Adam Mak. So that's Ben Adam La'atzmai, a person's relationship with himself. To have a hachlata, you know, we just started a new machzer in Daf And it's an amazing moment in Kali Yisrael, because Daf not, is not for everybody. But something happens after the CM Hashas, that people who haven't gone to even Shiurim, or even had Chavrusas before, suddenly have Chavrusas. It's a time when people start reflecting that they want to become a bentaira and a Kaddish Baruch who always makes sure that it will be easy for it. So now I want to move on to Ben La L'chavera and I want to share with you an idea, an amazing idea. So in last week's parsha, we have a series of pronouns. Now There once was a, um, there was a, it's a true story. I have a, I have a book at home A famous last words. So one of my favorite entries is a woman, a grammarian, in, I think it was at UPenn University, Pennsylvania. And on her deathbed, her English students sit around her as she's dying, wanting to hear her last words, and she looks up at them and she says, I'm going to die, or I'm about to die. Either phrase is acceptable. (laughs) So grammar is very important. And if you notice in last week's parsha, there's a series of pronouns. Now pronouns, if anybody's a writer in the room, you know, without an antecedent, a pronoun is meaningless. A pronoun has no basis in fact. We don't know where to place it. We don't have an antecedent. So in parakbez, I hate to use parakim because they're Christian, but at the beginning of the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, we call today parakbez, it doesn't say Amram. There was a man, and he took a girl from Levi. It's all pronouns. The entire parak is pronouns. And the woman, she quickly becomes pregnant, and she, she, not Yochevet, she gives birth. And the story goes on, and who, we don't even know Moshe's birth name. We know Moshe was named by Bisya, Bas- by the daughter of Paro, but what was his name by, by his own bris? We don't know. I mean, the Teresh Valpet tells us, you could see Altuvia. Tell you, there's a few opinions. In any event, it's all pronouns. The story goes on. by Tered Baspara, by the way, the name Basya doesn't exist. That's a modern name. Chaim Knievsky gives reasons for it. It's Divrei Hayamim. that tells us, one of the last books of Tanakh, that tells us her name, Bisya Baspara. But here, it's all pronouns. Batera Baspara, which is somewhat a proper noun, but doesn't give us her name, so she goes down Lirchot El Hayar, and she's with her other women. No names are given, and then she sees the Teva Batishlach as and she she moves her arm. By the way, just to the last idea, the Shlach I think it's the Shlach Hakadosh who writes. We you know the mentor says that her arm grew because it wasn't enough to reach. So if it wasn't enough to reach, why was she even trying to reach? So the Shla says, because when you want something, you have to reach for it. When it comes to becoming a better person, even if it seems distant, you reach, and it really fits with that but that's not why I'm sharing this with you. In any event, so she opens it up. Pasuk Vav. v'tireyu She opens it up and she sees, and they see, the child. Ve'hinei and the child, was, the child was crying. So every, the, everybody asks, why is Mysha Rabbeinu, who's a baby, called a nar? But come along many, many Rishonim, maybe some of you have heard this before, v'hinei nar belcheh is not referring to Meishah Rabbeinu. It's referring to Aaron HaKoyin, that Aaron's Meishah brother was standing on the side, and he sees that a guy is kidnapping his brother Meishah Rabbeinu, v'hinei naar Balcha. the fact that this perek is in pronoun, allows you, pronoun form, allows you to reinterpret it. So many Rishinim, it's not a crime, and many Rishinim say it's referring to Aaron. So that might be known to some of you in the room. But maybe you haven't thought of, and I wish I could remember who, but about five years ago I saw in a Chassidah an amazing question. Let's assume that this was Aaron HaKayim. Aaron starts weeping uncontrollably at the mere fact that his brother was taken in by a palace. You would think Aaron is an emotional person, which makes sense. Ayev shalom, Varedav Shalom, he He was a man of peace. He loved people. He cried. The problem, he says, is the one other time that we know about Aaron Arkayin was when he lost his two sons. What was Aaron's response when he lost his two sons? You could say it out. I can hear you, so you could say. Maybe I can't hear you. I saw mouths moving. I'm sure some of you said. It. So which one is it? When he loses his sons, they're already dead, so you're not going to bring them back. His response is silence. Didn't make a peep. In fact, the Medrash there lists all the complaints that he could have had, but he said nothing. And then here, he cries. Listen to this answer. It's unbelievable. And again, I don't know who. So I can't say it, Peshem, I'm right. It's not my idea. I saw it in a... If I remember correctly, it was in the 1850 Hasidah Shisfarim. It was before Reb he said like this, there's a difference between Perik Beis and Shemais and Parsha Shemini by Nodav By Nodav it was his own suffering. When it was his own suffering, Aaron could be stoic. Aaron could be quiet. But in Parsha Shemais, it was the suffering of his brother. It was another Jew who was suffering. And when another Jew that is suffering, then, then you cry. And This is such a Musar Haskel, what it means to be a Yid. You know, I heard from the Baal Shem, Baal Shem said that every Midah, I think Rabbi Huttner brings this in the Pachad Yitzchak, that every mida has its place. Kas, anger has a place. There's times to be angry. Kina. The Gemara Baba Basra, Kina Seif jealousy causes you to learn more. Your friend has a Chavrusah, you want a Chavrusah. Where does the Mida, where does the character trait of Kfira, of disbelief in God, have a place in Judaism? Says the Bal Shem Tov, it's when your friend is suffering. When you're suffering, you can say, everything Hashem does is for the best. Says the Bal Shemtab, when your friend is suffering, you have to make believe that you're the only person in the world who can save them. So when it came to Aaron's own suffering, he was still, but when it came to the suffering of another, he cried. So we covered the Adam LaAtzvay, Ben Adam LaChaveray, and now finally Ben Adam LaMakon. So I'm going to continue with the theme of pronouns because uh, in that same parak, Moshe Rabinu gets old. You know, it's quite interesting, just as a song, I don't know how much time I have, but Sefer Barathez spans 2,000 years. The Torah contracts. If, if Sefer Shemais was as long as Sefer Barathez, it would begin with the birth of Misha and end with the death of Rashi. Think about that. So the, all of a sudden, Shemais, the stories start contracting until you get to Devarim when it all happens in a couple of days. So in any event, Maisha Rabbeinu grows up pretty fast. And in Perik Be'ez it says, Pasuk Yud Aleph, Ba'ihi bayam ma'hem, ba'yagdal ma'isha, Ma'isha is now old, or older, it's how old he was, 17, 20, 25, b'siv he went out to look at the Jews to see their suffering, ish mitzri mak'i ish ivri and he sees an Egyptian hitting a Jew from his brethren. So the Ibn Ezra says something amazing. We just, the Pasuk opens up that he went to check on his brothers. And the Pesach ends, a Jew from his brothers. Why the repetition? So it says the Ibn Ezra, it's all about the pronouns. The way you read the Pesach is as follows. got older. Now where was he raised? In Pyro's palace. and he went to see his Egyptian brothers. He wanted to see It's not easy being a high-minded society and also owning slaves. There was a stira. He wanted to understand how his Egyptian brethren are dealing with the challenge of being high-minded people and also being slaves, also owning slaves. But when he saw an Egyptian who half a pasach later was his brother knocking and beating a Jew, that's when Moshe Rabbeinu switched and it became his brother. And the Chassidim then say, based on this Ibn Ezra, he turned here and he turned there. He had to decide at that moment who he was. The literal translation means he looked to see that no one was watching. But based on this Ibn Ezra, it's unbelievable that Mysha Rabbeinu was going through a crisis of identity. Who do I identify with? The culture I was raised in or Am Yisro? In Adam Lamakum, I said I want to end with this because this is the challenge of our time. This is not a secret. And I could say these things, maybe even that I can't say in my own shul, because I get to turn off the computer and maybe not see you again. So I hope I don't get in trouble. But we're living in a dar that Moshe Rabbeinu lived in. I was speaking to a friend, uh, actually in Miami. I haven't seen him in a long time. I saw him this week. And he's very, very left-leaning. And he started telling me all the things that he's passionate for. And I, my mouth was agape. And he says, what, well, you're shocked? I could bring riots from the Torah. So I said, no, I'm just amazed at the coincidence. He said, what coincidence? I said, it's just, don't you find it an amazing coincidence that the exact same time that American culture decided upon these things, like literally the same moment is when you decided this is also appropriate for Yiddishkeit." What an amazing coincidence. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. We have a culture that is saturating our lives. And we have to decide, who do we identify with? When we say my brethren, are we referring to Am Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael and Torah HaKadoshah? Or are we referring to, we live in an amazing country and an amazing society and we've gained greatly from this culture. But is that what we identify with? we have to only identify with Tyra and Claudius Yisrael and seeing. Now for me, it's 1130 at night. For you, it's 1030. But at 1030 at night in the cold St. Louis winter that you're coming out and learning Tyra, granted there's challenge. So you're slightly cheating, but nevertheless is, is great evidence that your Ben Aldam LaMakim is strong. Your Ben Aldam LaAtsma is certainly strong. And with the leadership with Rai Berkowitz and the others in your community, I am certain, your you is strong as well. I just want to end by reminding you of the words of the Chayvus Halavavus. Anything is possible. Anything that you put your mind to, you know, a few years ago, I know I'm going on too long, a few years ago, Oprah Winfrey, I'm sure nobody knows that name. Happens to be, by the way, when Oprah Winfrey was born, um, I wasn't planning on telling you this, but when she was born, her mother wanted to name her from a biblical figure and in the hospital they had a bible and she opened up the megillus rus she wanted to name her after orpah but orpah was misspelled in the bible that's where oprah got her name that's a true story and by the way orpah is not a recommended name even if she got it right for a jewish child in any event she she was pushing this book called the secret and the secret was this book that if you completely uh, uh, unrelated to science, pseudoscience. that if you put your mind to something, anything is possible. If you want to be a millionaire, you'll be a millionaire. If you want to be, uh, I don't know, a second baseman for the Astros, might not be a good team to use as an example this week, but whoever you want to be, you can be. And it's nonsense. But in the Torah, in the world of Torah, in the world of Deveko's attachment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's actually true. So I give you a bracha because I'm a kayin and I hope it comes back to me that we have in mind to do the right things, to become the right people. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give us the hashgacha Pratus. We should see Hashem wink at us day in and day out and allow us to become the best that we can be. YaShakayach and continue to stay. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you.